You're listening to Brand to Brand, a not so serious marketing show for serious marketers. With your host, Thomas Sterling. Hey, everybody. Today on the show, we're blasting off into outer space. We'll take a look at brands like SpaceX and Amazon to explore the emerging privatization of space and the future of our connectivity. Three, two, one, liftoff. Ground control to Major Tom. <laughs> oh my God. Are we already, we're back? Yeah. We're back from our trip to space. We're back on Earth. We are leaving the comfort of the studio today and heading to lower Earth orbit and... I got my glasses on because we're getting scientific today. Yeah, science. You look like you'd be doing some engineering. Yeah, I am. Houston. It's not brain surgery. It's rocket science. I guess that makes me Major Tom and you ground control. I love the t-shirt. Repping NASA. I love the t-shirt. This is the time I love the government versus, (laughs) like, I hate the private companies getting in the space game. I just want more government in my space. Mm. That makes sense. That's that that checks out. Well, we've seen a lot of news lately about deep space. We've got Starlink and Ukraine giving internet access to people in a really important time of need. Bezos's trip to space last year, ooh, a moment we'd all like to forget. Uh, and then, you know, positive uh, positive news like the James Webb Telescope launch, uh, collaboration between the U.S., Canada, and Europe, something poised to come online very soon and completely change our perspective on deep space and the evolution of our galaxy. So what are your thoughts on this, V? I mean... So we know how Veronica feels about uh, corporate control, monopolization. Mm, big fan. She big, loves- huge, huge fan. Um, so this is getting my doomsday meter going a little bit. Uh, for those of you who don't, haven't seen Don't Look Up, um, the cautionary tale of mining space or items that come from space for profit potentially scares me, but I think I can be convinced. I think that this is maybe so new that there are some opportunities that will emerge and I can be convinced of that as long as we never hear Jeff Bezos's cackle after his <laughs> space ride last year. Don't worry. We'll get to that. Uh, I mean, it does give uh, cause for concern. I mean, at, at what point is a uh, you know global conglomerate company beholden to one government, right? And so what, at what point is, uh, are we just waiting in line behind the Chinese? And with that, let's get into it. Should we lay some ground rules before we jump into deep space? I don't know if there's ground in maybe, space. Maybe zip up this uh, <laughs> protective outfit. Yeah, but there's definitely some stuff that we should establish before we pick our brands and face off. So I think one of the things that's so fascinating about all of this is really pushing the norms with regards to what's possible in space, what's allowed in space. I mean, you know, you were telling me earlier a little bit about some of the treaties that were formed. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I actually wasn't aware that this existed because when I think of space, I think of the space race of the late 50s through the 60s -hmm. between the U.S. and Russia. So I don't really think about what the resolution of that was, but there was actually a space treaty that was signed in 1967 between the Russian Federation, the United Kingdom, and the United States. This basically was a treaty that that gave some sort of a framework for international law. One of the things I think is the most telling about this, there's a few bullet points that go into this treaty. 
One of them is the exploration and use of outer space shall be carried out for the benefit and in the interest of all countries and shall be the province of all mankind. Now, it's interesting. Today, we're talking about privatization, this new space race with private companies actually starting to commodify or offer services that have to do with space in some way or another, whether it's space for Earth or space for space economy. But it all has to still follow, at least now, this treaty which says all this has to be done for mankind, not for profit. So you'll notice all the messaging around everything that we're talking about today is about for the benefit of Earth and our future of our civilization and our species and for our children. Continued leaps for mankind. (laughs) Exactly. And Netflix has a thing running right now, Return to Space. Elon Musk has a big role in that. It speaks to this privatization of space. We got a clip that I think kind of lays the foundation of all of this. So on the face of it, a lot of the the big names in private space, Elon Musk and, and Jeff Bezos, for example, that they're seen as doing these things as a kind of personal mission, uh, as a, a, a service to humanity almost. But there is a lot of money to be made in space. There's, there's, there are huge industries emerging and there are more industries emerging as well. And, and looking ahead further into the future, we're going to see people going to the moon, for example, to mine resources. That's another way to make money. We're going to see private space stations where there's going to be manufacturing on the space stations. And then if you go way out into the future, we're going to see colonies on either the moon or Mars. And obviously that's going to create many more industries. That was a clip from NBC News, obviously an opinion piece, but I think it speaks to some of the concerns. Yeah, it's uh, talking about a potential moonopoly. Ooh, God. You know what? I think that one, I think that one was pretty good. I would love to become the moonopoly girl. Oh, gosh. I think... That what's fascinating about this is that if you asked the court of public opinion, people would say, yeah, the, the, these people are doing it with uh, with the right intentions, right? But yes, obviously, there's some clear concerns. Some you think real the court of public concerns. opinion thinks that? I don't know. I think in in a, in a large in a, in a large swath of the population, people at least before this Twitter thing happened, (laughs) thought Elon Musk was this amazing, bold innovator that's pushing all of these great social initiatives. Think about it. Tesla, in many ways, is bringing renewables, also killing the planet with the extraction from the batteries. Also, he said that he doesn't really think that climate scientists are right, that we have until 2050 to get our shit together. We'll see. That's true. (laughs) I know. Very provocative guy. Gets the people moving. (laughs) Well, I'm just going to take SpaceX because, you know, I just figure... Had a feeling. That's <laughs> I'll take... And I'm not on the Elon bandwagon. Okay? Are you, you're not? No, don't don't bash me for that, okay? In May 2020, SpaceX made history of being the first private company to send humans into space. SpaceX won this amazingly lucrative contract with NASA to be responsible for replacing the shuttle in many ways for bringing passengers up to the International Space Station. Prior to that, we were partnering with Russia and going up with Russia and other nations, which is challenging. Now we have SpaceX <laughs> Uber. It's an UberX, a different kind. <laughs> you don't get to pick a different sized vehicle. They all look the same, but that's okay. And they're responsible for securing 60% of the global commercial launch market and building ever larger spacecraft designed to ferry passengers, not just to the International Space Station, but also promised settlements on Mars. But the sales pitch for, for, for going to Mars is that um, it's going to be a cramped 
dangerous, difficult, uh, very hard work, uh, you might die, um, and um, that's the sales pitch. I hope you like it. <laughs> so far from being some sort of escape hatch, <laughs> it will be extremely difficult and dangerous and, and tough. And this is a packed house of people that are all just staring at this guy and saying, "Like, what's your he deal?" Gave the Lord Farqua- deal? He gave the Lord Farquaad speech from Shrek. Some of you <laughs> may die, but it's a sacrifice I am willing to make. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what the uh, bald billionaire's up to. <laughs> Ambitious Amazon. Just expanding into industries that they want to touch. <coughs> control, sorry. Uh, if we're going to talk Amazon, we're... I mean, if you're going to talk Tesla or SpaceX or Starlink, you're going to talk Elon Musk. If we're talking about Project Kuiper or Blue Origin, Amazon, we're talking about Jeff Bezos. CEO entrepreneur, born in 1964, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos. So I'm going to call him Jeff while we're talking about it. I'm not calling him Bezos. He gets to be Jeff, which one of my favorite comedians is also like, does Jeff sound like a billionaire CEO? He just sounds like some guy. But yeah, Jeff, we saw him rocket man himself into space last year uh, aboard his New Shepard flight. This was in July of 21. He has built a company called Blue Origin, um, and it is designed to serve the emerging space tourism market. That's just crazy that we're talking about that. Uh, He told MSNBC that he had an environmental vision. We need to take all heavy industry, all polluting industry, and move it into space and keep Earth the beautiful gem of a planet it is not the planet now that's littered with Amazon boxes and smog <laughs> from the delivery trucks. And because they're all presenting themselves as these amazing mission-driven future of humanity folk, I mean, that's a that's a fun place to spend your time, right? I mean, like, look, we all know how I feel about this kind of stuff, but I will say it is interesting if you have people with access to more resources than some of our government agencies, shout out NASA, who are able to fund these incredible missions and trips to space. This could push the science and our advancements forward. I see the benefit in that. It's definitely just tough when we're having this conversation about privatization. Of course, that comes with cons as well. A hundred percent. And when we think about privatization, I mean, some of these things too, I mean, Starlink was launched by SpaceX, this satellite network in lower earth orbit designed basically to provide low cost internet. I'm going to use air quotes to remote locations. SpaceX is hoping to have 42,000 satellites in a so-called mega constellation. Now, I think as of uh, the recording of this podcast, they have a extraordinarily small number of subscribers. They're not anywhere near their goal. They set a goal for 2025, and they are not anywhere close. And this is a hard problem to solve for. Ultimately, their bet is that this is one of those loss leaders that Longview pays off. Mm. But their internet packages, you have to have like a $600 plus piece of equipment set up, and then it's $100, $150 a month. Which is tough because they're trying to market it, as is Amazon's Project Kuiper, to rural America. So to people who don't have access to internet. And their view is they get to a space where they have enough they have enough subscribers, they own enough of the market that they can bring down that price. And ultimately that's that's what will happen. But the big difference, if we're putting SpaceX like right up against Amazon, Amazon doesn't own the infrastructure to get these satellites up. 
And they have this ambitious goal to do hundreds of flights over the next few years to put satellites in orbit. Yeah, and Elon Musk has already called out our buddy Jeff. I think we actually have a clip of uh, their interaction on Twitter. Let's hear it. When Amazon announced it was getting into the space internet game, Elon Musk didn't give the company a warm welcome. He tweeted at Jeff Bezos the word copy followed by a cat emoji. The dig was just the latest in a long-running fight between Musk and Bezos. The two have been sparring over their space ambitions for years. It happens in a couple of different ways. In one lane, SpaceX is competing with Blue Origin. That's the, the space company that Jeff Bezos owns. In another way, SpaceX, through Starlink, is competing with Amazon, which of course wants to build its own internet-based satellite system. And of course, Jeff Bezos was the founder and longtime CEO of Amazon and is still on their board. So, for example, in 2021, Blue Origin sued the federal government over NASA's decision to award SpaceX uh, a contract to build a vehicle to take astronauts down to the surface of the moon. Billionaire battles. Billionaire battles and all <laughs> making it look like they're just trying to do the right thing for humanity. Yeah, but it's for the people. <laughs> and you have to wonder, if you're running an e-commerce platform and you can't access a large majority of your potential market because they can't get to the internet, what better way to ensure that they can shop with you than find a way to give them internet from space? It's like if the big box store could put itself on wheels and just drive around the community to get closer to you. But it's for mankind. And so is the 60 plus million metric tons of carbon dioxide that they emit year over year with all of their shipping and receiving. Thank you, Amazon. Thank you, Amazon, <laughs> for working for us and keeping our planet a beautiful gem. You know, if we're just going to... Take this moment for me to just get some of my <laughs> rage out of Jeff Bezos. We have to play the clip. After his New Shepard space flight in his blue origin jumpsuit, mm. wearing a cowboy wearing hat. Wearing a cowboy hat. Because that's so, that's classic Jeff. I, it's all it's classic Jeff, but it's also, if you were an alien, if you're extraterrestrial <laughs> life, and you were thinking, well, maybe this is a planet we could make contact with. And you see some guy in a blue jumpsuit and a cowboy hat cackling like this uh, through the atmosphere. I don't know if you'd want to land here or talk to us. I think we should put this <laughs> clip on a record and zip it out into space and let somebody find it as space junk. Did this moment motivate you to push deeper into the cosmos? Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> One more Hell time yes. for the kids in the back. <laughs> no Does he not sound like Dr. Evil? <laughs> I think you did it better, but... So if we were going to talk about any other brands, I mean, I think personally... We would be amiss talking about space without talking about my friend Richard Branson. Come on, the lovable British man behind Virgin Group. He was quoted as saying, we are the world's first commercial space line. And our purpose is to connect people across the globe to the love, wonder, and awe created by space travel. Beautiful. Which makes me wonder, is he like, are they the jet blue, the spirit? Is this the delta? But then, I mean, when you start looking at how much this costs, <laughs> right? Steal of a deal. Steal of a deal. 
You could probably book right now $450,000, 90-minute flight. You can feel free to take your whole family. It's all for you the gotta, public. All you got to do is go down to uh, New Mexico and boom, you're there. There's a thousand customer flight trips planned later this year. So that's something to follow. Yeah, and if we're following anything else, Boeing... Pretty well known for flights in this atmosphere. Mm, yes. <laughs> Looking to go a little bit higher now. And why? I mean, who wouldn't jump on that? I mean, come on. After everything that happened with the 737 Air Max. Oh, God. Woo! Yeah. You know what? Maybe this is their way of doing some brand cleanup. Yeah, I, we're I, done I with the planes down here. We're just going to space. I don't know. Both of these brands, anybody that brings in this concept of taking a space flight and making you think about it as uh, something similar to what we experience uh, at the airport, I don't think so. True. Doesn't I'm sound good. as cool. I'm good. And bringing it all the way back, when Elon was talking about the flights to Mars, the sales pitch, it's going to be uncomfortable. We ran out of food, and all we have is the fish. It's a spirit flight. <laughs> We've seen it before. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so Boeing working uh, in collaboration or partnership with NASA, interesting in a similar fashion um, SpaceX has right now. NASA's space launch system, arguably the most powerful rocket ever built. It's been called the backbone of permanent human presence in deep mm. space. Um, it was actually built with a Boeing core uh, which is very interesting. Uh, this Boeing built core stage has finished a series of ma this Boeing built core stage has finished its series of major tests known as the Green Run. It's been delivered to the Kennedy Space Center. So if you look at their website for this project, it's something that they're live updating, always showcasing this cutting edge. We're on the verge of the next thing. So much forward momentum, which is interesting because a lot of these projects that we talk about with SpaceX and Blue Origin, Virgin Galactic. Other than the $450,000 flight, a lot of this stuff is future thinking. It's all for our children. There's a lot to <laughs> unpack here, though. And I think there's a lot to watch. It's going to be very interesting to see how the next five years, three to five years play for this industry. It's the new space race. And now for something completely different. So how do we put this to work? We talked about the battle for the privatization of deep space. And I have a serious question for you. What is your deep space? What is your uncharted territory for your industry? What project are you working on that you would love to get off the ground? Both of these companies are doing this as a loss leader with high upside. And these brands are making a bet. What bet are you making? I do not want to hear anything about the pandemic or the forthcoming recession. These are two billionaires who got where they are with an unapologetic vision. Today's work is to think big. You know what to do. How the hell do you know that? Because I'm a genius. So if you had to take anything away from the episode, V. Oof, it's that, I guess, billionaires, if this is the thing that can contribute to society to push space exploration forward, maybe there's a world where before I die... I can explore this. I just might need to become a millionaire first. So Yeah, you better get to work on that. <laughs> I think for me, it is there's always new opportunities in business. You just need to know where to look. And today, you need to look up. And with that, we're out, folks. Thanks for listening to the Brand to Brand podcast. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode.